It's time to grab the bull by the horns. Hello, welcome to Beer and Bullshit. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Johnson. This is the podcast where we drink beer, talk about beer, and bullshit. Uh, Chris Peller and my co-host... Uh, was with me for this episode, but uh, he is not any longer. Uh, he's not dead, first of all. We recorded an episode of this show outdoors, enjoying some beer, and uh, failed to kind of check in on our audio quality throughout the show. And so the episode that we recorded was largely unusable, because we are nothing if not consummate professionals. Uh there is uh, a lot of the show where you can hear Chris through my microphone and his, so it's echoey. There is a large portion of the show where you can't hear Chris at all, so it just seems like I'm having a conversation with no one. I think you'd agree both are shit to listen to, so I apologize. I I have managed to <laughs> salvage a real gem section of the show where we, we talk about uh, watering your lawn. We We do manage to drink and talk about one beer, and we talk about children's track and field. So stay tuned for that. I know that's why you come to the show for our lawn care and track and field talk. So we, we, we did save a few minutes of that. And then you'll hear my dog show up on the show. And then it's over. That's it. <laughs> so I apologize. I apologize for the general quality and uh, professionalism we're bringing to you for our 47th episode, I believe. I also apologize to Chris from Hop Happy Blog. Chris was nice enough to bring me uh, the beer Relish from Curly Brewing here in London. It is it is no more. It's possibly the the last bottle of Relish on Earth. We we drank it together, and we dissected it, and we got deep into the analysis of it. And you'll never hear it. I will give you the short version. The short version is that I'm glad I tried it. And we'll leave it at that. It tasted pickly, uh, more vibing more towards sweet, per the name relish, I suppose, and uh, uh, cucumbery, and a bit a bit refreshing. So thank you, Chris, for dropping off that beer for me. You'll never get to hear my live sipping noises, which is probably for the best. Who wants to hear someone make sipping and lip-smacking noises? Uh, you'll also never hear uh, a fun story about a golf cart which we may have to retell someday, but uh, we were we were revisiting some times related to overindulgence and the destruction of a golf cart that led to uh, 20-year-old men in their underwear in a water hazard. We'll leave it at that. Someday we'll retell that story maybe, but maybe it's, you know, like that brilliant idea you wrote on a napkin and lost it and you can never remember it. Maybe this, Maybe this was the best episode of any podcast ever. And you'll never know. In fact, I would say it definitely was, and I'm sorry. Uh, we, what we're going to do, though, we're going to do Pell's Corner without Pell right now. Huh? How? How can he do that? I'll tell you. You guys have to email me and Chris. We did a little Would You Rather. We did a handful of questions. I pulled two of them because uh, the other two were... <laughs> we went off on some tangents. But... Here are the two questions for Pell's Corner's Would You Rather this week. 
And as our trusted listener, we need you to email us your answers. I need you to email holler at beerandbullshit.ca. If you don't like email, you can also go to the contact form on our website, beerandbullshit.ca slash contact, and let us know, would you rather be a reverse centaur or a reverse mer person? So to clarify, a reverse centaur, you would have human legs and a horse's head. A reverse mer person, you would have human legs and a fish's head. I'm not going to tip the scales in either direction and let you know how, where we landed, but we want to know your answers to these questions. Uh, question number two, would you rather write a novel that will be considered the most important novel of the last 200 years, but will only be appreciated after your death? Or would you rather be the most successful erotica writer alive right now? We had a lot of debate on this one. Uh, notably, we couldn't name a single erotica writer, so maybe this isn't our forte. So how famous could you be? We also had some questions about what the life of an erotica writer might look like. So we want to hear your feedback. Let us know. And you know what? I'm going to throw one out here, too. I heard this one. Actually, I think I heard it on another podcast. This didn't come up in my chat with Chris, my poolside chat that got interrupted. But here's a question for you, the listeners. If you could have five liquids come out of your fingertips, so one of your hands would have unlimited liquid assigned to each finger, and each finger can be its own liquid. I'm talking any liquid at all. Which five would you choose and why? So those are your three questions, dear listeners. Uh, we will read the better answers we receive on next week's show. Answer our would-you-rathers. Let me know about the five liquids. Hit us up. Uh, and while you're there, you know what? The listener episodes were pretty popular when we used to do those, and they're pretty fun to do. So if you have any burning questions at all, while your email's open, you're already there, you're answering the question about the mer person, send us an email. If you have any questions related to beer, if you have any questions for advice, if you need life advice, hit us up. We will answer your questions in a listener mail episode soon. Okay, now the next change is going to be abrupt. I think you're going to jump right into Chris and I talking about our lawns, which again, you're welcome. Yeah, lawn talk, hashtag lawn talk. Uh, and then we're going to chat for a bit. You're going to hear Chris get increasingly echoey because of our shitty mic setup. My dog will start to bark, and then the show will be over. I'm sorry. I'll I'll put something fun and surprising when we run out of Beer and Bullshit show this week. Uh, so, you know, you can keep listening and find out what it is. We will be back to normal, whatever that is, next week with our interview format. Uh, it will be the first bullshit interview of Season 3. And if you're new to the show, you will find out what that means. And we've also got a handful of really good beer-related guests still lined up. Although we have heard some feedback that there are people out there that only listen to the episodes where we don't have beer people. So I don't know what to make of that information. But uh, shout out to Dan Lorimer, who likes the episodes that are just Chris and I. And apologize to Dan specifically that this episode 
was shorter than it should be because good god it was good it was a good episode oh my lanta uh thanks for thanks for listening i i here's my solemn promise to you once i get one single dollar from advertising on our new uh mother station i don't even know what you call them our new sponsor station our new hosts blackburn media i will immediately spend the money on podcasting equipment so that we don't have bullshit like we had this week again that's my promise to you dear listener also if you're a podcast producer and you want to come to my house and just fucking fix it up and give me a bill i'll do that too i'll give you a bunch of beer you can set me up with a proper podcast setup I will uh, I'll make you a hot dog. You can pet my dog, swim in the pool, but you can't make eye contact. Okay? Hit me up. This seems like a good place to say. Holler at beerandbullshit.ca. Again, if you want to email us. And while we're here, maybe, actually, maybe not. I was going to say, please drop a review. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. But, you know, following a, a, a lengthy apology about the quality of the show probably not where I want to ask for a review or, or some stars. I'll do that next week. Uh, here we go. Nine minutes of beautiful, beautiful podcast that was lost forever to the ether. I'm sorry. I love you. Good night. Well, it's nice that I had a grumpy position on something that uh, that you embraced. Yeah, thank you for showing me something I was not grumpy enough about and converting me to more grumpy. I just don't get it. I know we live in London where we've got two freshwater sources. It's just, there's no re- reason to egregiously waste water. Agreed. And maybe I should keep my voice down because we are outside, but I do have a neighbor that has been like religiously watering his lawn every day during the day this week, and I'm just like shaking my head. Like, who gives a shit, and why are you wasting all that drinking water? Yeah, I've got some neighbors that have said, we're really debating resodding our lawn. I'm like, why? So it can look... 200% better than my lawn? <laughs> anyway, lawn talk. <laughs> We've got beers to drink tonight. I'm uh we're actually going to crack some beers and talk about them maybe a little bit because we don't usually do that on the podcast. Um <clears throat> the first beer I want to drink. We in addition to the pints we just poured. It's nice to have a little side beer. Um are you aware of what a, a lambic is, Chris? Uh, like iambic pentameter? It's very similar in the sense that it sounds kind of alike. But other than that, not similar at all. It's different? <laughs> it's not poetry? Yeah. So alambic, and if you're a dickhead, you'll say lambic, because that's how they pr- actually pronounce it in Belgium. But oh. we're not in Belgium, so I'm going to say I, alambic. I didn't know you were talking about alambic. <laughs> but is it, it's a beer that is uh, spontaneously fermented uh, by being placed in a cool ship, which is a large, uh, shallow metal pool and whatever wild yeast drifts into it is the yeast that uh ends up fermenting the beer so you're making a face um just i'm i'm curious as where wild yeast is just floating around is it like a yeast is everywhere there's like yeast in your facial hair there's yeast on plants flora and fauna and actually you can't be a lambic beer if you're not from brussels and the area because supposedly the yeast of that area lends itself to a certain terroir. Mm. So it's obviously a pretty hit or miss in terms of like, is the beer going to be great? Cause it's a lot of it's left up to chance. Uh, when it's good, it's really good. 
and obviously when it's not presumably it doesn't hit the market so now that we are well versed in lambiques uh there's another style of beer called a, a guz i'm probably pronouncing that wrong too but it is a blend of lambics so brewers will take all these wild fermented beers they have age them in various barrels and then pick new and old blend them together and then they experience a secondary fermentation in the bottle because the newer ones have some yeast that hasn't fully fermented and it blends with the older ones and it's kind of amazing when it's done right and if you get a good guz that's been done properly it's mind-blowing so how do you spell that g-e-u-e-z-e I believe it's pronounced good. Good. Oh my god, that feels good. Yeah, that's like where that. it came from. The first guy had a sip and just went good. And then so that's what we call it. some natural yeast appear like out of nowhere. <laughs> okay, so all that is to say we have a beer today that is not a lambic. <laughs> um, no, this is a beer that was gifted to me from Chris Parsons, uh, Parsons Brewery in Prince Edward County. And I've been meaning to drink it for a long time because, uh, shout out to Chris, sending beer along in a uh, nice wooden box. That used to be a thing that happened all the time uh, back in the day when people gave beer samples to beer nerds. Uh, This one came in a nice box with a big sliding front. There were two bottles in there, and uh, I've been meaning to drink it, so tonight we will. But obviously it's not Alambic because it wasn't made in Brussels. And also, it wasn't actually used. It didn't actually use wild yeast. <laughs> so it's in the style of Alambic because they uh, it's done with Belgian sour blend yeast from Escarpment Labs in Niagara. So the idea is, is to mimic the flavor of Alambic. And then he has actually blended uh, barrel-funked brews to make it. So this beer has been six years in the making. He has, you know, gave me the disclaimer that it's not actually a lambic. It's not actually a, go- a goose. But that was the style he's attempting to uh, appropriate. So I'm going to awkwardly open this and try not to hit my mic. We'll this get into is going to be goose. Well, it's awkward if we don't like it now because there's a lot of setup. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of setup, but I learned something. You know what? I mean, most of the time I just drink beer. I don't investigate it quite as thoroughly. Well, I, and I probably butchered a lot of that. So somewhere there's a beer nerd like driving to work, just kicking the shit out of his dashboard for all this. It's lamb bike, you fool! Shit I just said that was almost the right thing, but you know what? Uh, it's been a while since I really dug in on the, this style, so uh, forgive me. Our listenership in Belgium is going right down the drain. Apologies to. <laughs> I can't even think of a Belgian name. Like a poorly brewed lambic, straight down the drain, right, John Claude? Oh, this smells terrific. Do you know any other famous Belgian people? Uh, other than Jean-Claude Verdam? The muscles from Brussels himself. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. These are heavy yeah. pores. Uh, people would also be just trashing us for our choice of glassware. We're using plastic cups beside my pool. You know, this is an audio recording. You could have said I just any- need to admit it. I need to admit. So this isn't... Uh, anyway. Given all that history and the nuance and all the shit that goes into this beer, this is an interesting beer because it's often a beer that people who don't like beer will love because it's maybe got a lot of in, in common with wine. Hmm. Oh, that's really nice. That is good. I expected it to be more sour based on the... The aroma. No, it's really good. Just barnyard funk and 
dry. Great beer. I'm not gonna t- t- pick it apart like a like a Chris Schreier would. Hmm. But I'm gonna sip that one. It does remind me of like a like a delicious farmhouse ale. Just something. It's got that funk. You taste a little wood from the barrels. Anyway, I always think that audio is a great medium to listen to people <laughs> drink beer and talk about it. Uh, so let's just say, check out Parsons. They've got a beer or two in the LCBO that I've had that are also very good. So check them out. Thanks, Chris, for the beer. Sorry it took forever to drink it. It's like I'm drinking a little bit of Belgium. I think that's what it says on the bottle. Really? Just un petit peu de Belgique. Le petit peu limbique. Just un petit peu de limbique. Le goose. Le taste est très goose. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, my daughter took home fifth in the city at track and field today, so I'm pretty excited about that. Our listeners are going to love that. <laughs> do our listeners have children and or do they enjoy track and field? If the answer to either is yes, then they should be excited for my proud father. What moment. if one of our listeners plays sixth and you just completely... She wasn't even close. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> it was Deborah's a, mom. It was a five-girl race. <laughs> oh, really? No, no, no. There was like 25 <laughs> girls, but there was only five that were competing. Actually, the number six was a turd? Six was a good ways back. <laughs> Fuck, I hope his dad, her dad's listening, her mom. God, Get I hope so. Get your kid to... Do you want to name names? <laughs> Let's out this piece of shit, kid. <laughs> Here's an idea. Get running in under... Th- Three minutes, you idiot. Wow. Okay, so it was 800? Mm-hmm. How badly do you think you would have beaten these kids if you were in the race? Um, so 800 was the last track and field race that I ran as a 19-year-old man who did no training at all except drinking. You ran the 800 at 19? In the uh, regional Because the regional we used to qualify. still be in high school at age 19. That's how old we are. That's right. Yes. And... I uh, I got given a time that I could run that was incredibly ambitious by our coach, and then like your target run time. Oh, this is the time I put in for you. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna do that, <laughs> and uh, I proceeded to finish last in my heat, and I was kind of dancing as I walked right ran past the uh, the grandstand my first time around like an idiot, and then uh, just showboating or just hung no, just a dick? it was more. Well, I guess, what's the opposite of, or what's the phrase for showboating when you're going to lose badly? Tomfoolery? Sure. So I was up to tomfoolery, and then a guy passed me at the last minute, so I finished last. And then I look up, and my time was five seconds faster than anyone in the slow heat. I'm like, why didn't you give me a slower time? I could have won this race instead of just embarrassing myself in front of everybody. But I think I was maybe maybe about ten seconds faster than my daughter today. Okay. She's 12. How about the first place? First place would have been right where I was. Really? Yeah. So first place 12-year-old would have been competitive with a 19-year-old Chris Pellerin? Yeah. Interesting. I I did javelin in high school, but only because I recognized they sent two javelin throwers to every track meet, and there was only one guy. So I'm like, if I'm the second javelin guy, I get to go to all the track meets, which if you're in high school – Track meets are awesome. You just sit around in a tent oh, and hang it. It's so good. Highly recommend track to all of our high school listeners. Get into track and field. Well, that was today was the city finals, and there's 150 schools in the district, and, and they sent two from each regional meet. And in one of the races, there was two girls that just from the same school 
that walked the whole time. I'm like, it doesn't seem like a fair distribution of spots in the city finals if you if you can't run a full 800 meters. The spear is getting better and better. It's like got cola vibes at Deep Rego. Um, how many of the children do you think that were competing would just outright beat you in their event? Like, first place in 800 was a wash. But, like, I think anything distance I'd be fucked. I could beat any kid in a straight-up sprint, like 100 meter. I could kick up to grade 8. I would take any kid. In 100 meter. Not a chance. Yeah, of course I could. Not a chance. What are you talking about? You would lose. <laughs> I would not. Show These me kids the th- are fast, man. Show me a, give, bring the fastest 13-year-old. Whoever placed first, if you're out there today, if your kid placed first at the London Regional Track Meet in the 100 meter dash, I will school your kid. I'll I think you're 50-50 with Layla, who finished maybe ninth in 100 meters. I'll race your daughter right now. Go wake her up. Okay. <laughs> Wake up your wife. We're doing the 200 the meter camera, that we promised. Get some chalk. We'll draw it out on the street. Uh, okay, I'll take that challenge. I will race your daughter next time I see Layla. I will race her. So you know our friend Brandon. Yes, um, Brandon his, Smith, listener of the show. Uh, so his son's in grade five. Yeah. And he also was running in the 800 meter final. And they were warming up and doing a little practice run. Brandon said, let's go. I'll race you. He did not finish the first 400. Brandon. Yeah. Brandon bailed out at 400. You're comparing my athletic prowess to Brandon. I think I have better long longevity than Brandon. No offense if you are actually listening, Brandon. We often debated early on in our slow pitch career who was faster. I think I've pulled ahead. Yeah, I would say that. The years have been kinder to me. <laughs> he might have more innate athletic ability than you, but uh, there's been some there's been some catching up. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. Maybe I should just raise Brandon first to build up my confidence, and then I'll take on a 13-year-old. I would love to see you guys try to do a 400. 400 is uh, like a full lap around the track? Yeah. I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Surprisingly, when I run, which is not often, it's not my lung capacity or anything or exhaustion that gets me. It's my shin splints because of flat feet. And Anyway, that's what makes me usually stop, not because I'm sucking air. Do you remember our grade 8 relay? Yeah, it was amazing. I was so good. No, we were really bad. <laughs> no. But I showed up to the, the, the meet in jogging pants, which is you know is a fast way to, to beat right. the air, Heavy, the wind resistance. Heavy, thick, Mounsfield-branded sweatpants. And I wore tidy whities for the first time in years, and you pantsed me in the middle of the field <laughs> for all to see. Oh, I do remember that. Uh, good times. I mean, tidy whities were probably the right choice for a track. Well, they were. That's why I wore them. Yeah. The jogging pants weren't. No. And I wasn't also expecting to show everyone my tight <laughs> white. You can't pants people anymore. You wouldn't get away with that. That would have been a suspension these days. Tell oh, you. Yeah, I'm surprised we're still friends after that, to be honest. I think you made friends. People were impressed with your underwear. Um, what about, okay, all the children you saw running? <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say, if they all fought you, number, number one, every, every kid that was number one in his or her event, Okay, let's say there's 10 events. They All the number one, presumably the most athletic kids in the city under grade eight. You have to fight them. Who's winning that fight? I'm going to win that fight. You think so? Ten of the <sighs> Ten of the most athletic grade eight and below kids in the city come at you at once, like a pack of spider monkeys. I, mean, I feel like Andre the Giant and Princess Bride were... 
some of that so long some since of that I felt just one man. Some of that felt staged. <laughs> I think that, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really want to contemplate uh, beating you know, children, punching out ten-year-old <laughs> kids. But I think there'd be a lot of clotheslines. It feels more humane, and it works. What are, What are we fighting for? Um, if it's glory, what are you always fighting for? <laughs> That's fair. Glory. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd hurt some kids, but I think I could win that fight. Well, we could set that up too. Maybe this is a multi-day event where we take on the children of the neighborhood. What could go wrong? <laughs> well, let's pivot to a beverage talk. Have you got any beverage talk? Any beverage talk? I got one for you. I think you're going to like it. It relates to our... You are late to the party with coffee, but you are now an avid coffee coffee enthusiast. It took you some years to get there. I've always enjoyed coffee. We are both of Italian descent, you much more so than I. Uh, but there's a recent development at Starbucks whereby they are creating a, uh, a coffee called Oleato, which is literally just like a handful of their coffee beverages with a shot of olive oil in it. And it was like roundly mocked and criticized by the test groups and yet they're still rolling it everywhere and the best part is if you read about it everyone who's tried it has said they instantly shit themselves (laughs) like everyone is like i immediately had to go to the bathroom and so i'm like (laughs) it tastes like shit it's got like more calories in it than and then a meal it's got like 120 calories that's not more than a meal but it's got a lot of calories and apparently everyone who says who drinks it is like I immediately had to have a huge shit because the the olive oil is like a relaxant and then caffeine is obviously a stimulant. I mean coffee makes you shit. But apparently the combination of the two is just deadly. Hmm. So I don't know if that's a you know, a benefit or a negative because it's kinda like if you gotta go. Like your first coffee dump in the morning, it's great. But this, this is like, like stumbling, stumbling onto like an Ozempic style side effect that <laughs> exactly. is gonna make you billions. <laughs> exactly. So it's like even like their test groups, which were Starbucks employees, they're like, yeah, half of us ran to the bathroom and they're still rolling it out across the United States. I'm serious. You can Google this later. It's legit. You've been to Italy before. Yeah. Have you had an espresso whilst dipping bread into olive oil? Did that immediately make you shit yourself? Uh, I don't remember immediately having to shit myself, but I can totally see that like oil plus espresso would be delicious. Yeah, I maybe I don't know. Well, I'm more. I'm the most intriguing part is that it would clean me out. I'm like fucking sign me up. When you gotta go in the morning, you're like as soon as I had that first sip, this is like that on steroids. So if, if you're listening, Starbucks people, and you don't have plans to bring the Oleato to Canada, please do. I'll buy at least one. I'm trying to understand the 120 calories. I mean, olive oil's oil. It's got I don't a lot of calories. I understand that, but how much oil is in there? I would just think it would just be a, a shot. hint of it. It's a shot of oil. A shot? It's a shot of olive oil. Oh God, that's a terrible idea. Well, apparently someone likes it. <laughs> somebody somebody has thought of an ill plan there. Like, that's a shot of oil is enough to cook an entire meal. I think it's just white people in a lab being like, what are Italians like that we can try to take and make our own? Like, we've done every coffee beverage at Starbucks. Olive oil? Pizza? Can we put a pizza in a coffee? That'll be next. <laughs> What about a nice mustache? Why are you talking like that, Eric? Because <laughs> we're making the new products today. Eric, you got to stop. I still think the mustache is a good idea. What if we put a biscotti inside another biscotti? Oh, my dog's here. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure we were having a guest on tonight. Yeah. but uh, 
That's Egg the dog, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Egg. Hopefully that microphone isn't picking that up, but I'm sure it is. Now, I believe that Egg is of Italian descent. Egg is not Italian. Egg is Bahamian. He's a rescue from the Bahamas. He's... Oh, what's, what's that boy? Oh, you want an oleato? Okay. Timmy's in the well? <laughs> this is quality podcasting right that here. Soon we'll hear my wife yelling at the dog, and I'll just you get a nice little snapshot of what life's like in my house. That That's a Bahamian Rhapsody, if I've ever heard one. Thanks, bud. My next guest is one of the most controversial writers in America and the inventor of gonzo journalism. We're delighted that he could be with us tonight. Welcome, please, Dr. Hunter Thompson. Nice to see you, sir. Nice to see you. How are you? Oh, I am terrible. What's the matter? You don't... I've been going to court every morning for uh, two weeks at seven o'clock. Yeah, and uh, for me to go, go anywhere at seven o'clock is real hard. So I, uh, I tend to stay up all night. Yeah. So I, in other words, I stayed up all night for that, two weeks. That makes it sure you don't yeah. sleep at all, do you? That's about the 188th hour. Yeah. So but I, I'm, I, I want to prove something. You know, I, uh, I want to prove. <laughs> I'm not sure what. <laughs> but, uh, but but you feel like you're now in the mm-hmm. middle of a mission, and you will have proven something. Uh, I probably will have yeah. before this is over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's I, good. That wasn't why I came here, but yeah, I'll right. do something. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't talk this morning at all. My voice was gone. When I called to say I can't make it, I couldn't say anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, yeah. originally you called. You called. The, you called here to cancel. Yeah. Do you have a microphone on, or is this some kind of sandbag trip where you have a microphone and I don't? That's right. I'm. I'm the only one in the building with a mic on. Nobody hears anything. That's the an guests. Old Chicago. Yeah. Oops. Uh, Chicago uh, <laughs> politics. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now, when you talk... I'm not mic'd at all, right? No, you, no. You've, really, you've taken right everything. Under this thing, right oh, I here. see. Okay. They're hearing every word you say. <laughs> it's paranoia, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So, you're, um... Uh, Dr. Hunter Thompson. Can I ask you what the... What the, the... We, I thought we agreed not to discuss these... You don't want to discuss things. the doctor? I could discuss your childhood and, you know, your teeth and stuff like that, but, uh... <laughs> Really, I, I, I think it's really, I'm, we're not into a, uh, an academic uh, credential thing. Well, no, I didn't, I, I just assumed that if, if well, I... I insist on the use of the uh, term doctor. Yeah. At certain times, but uh, <laughs> I'm, in fact, I'm a doctor of chemotherapy, of uh, journalism, and of, uh, it comes to me, what's that word? <laughs> <laughs> uh, divinity, yes, divinity. Divinity, yeah. sure, well, I would have guessed that. I uh, think so, yeah. Let me ask you about... Uh, well, it's embarrassing to have, have many doctorates. It's like being rich. You know, it's yeah. Well, no, I mean, if you went to school and earned it, you shouldn't be embarrassed by well, it. I've, it's, I've worked all my life for these things. Yeah. Wealth and doctorates. Uh-huh. Why shouldn't I be a little sensitive about you know, displaying them in some kind of sleazy you know, TV? <laughs> <laughs> I now, told you I just want to have a little fun. I know, yeah. I know. And you're just, that's what we're doing here, trying to have a little yeah. fun. Uh, now, tell me about the, the goings-on in Palm Beach. Let's yeah. talk about something else for a second here. What you brought Whatever. your... Uh, you brought, is this a gift, Hunter, or is this? Innocence, yeah, that's a gift. Uh-huh. That's a bomb. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have here uh, oh, uh, two or 3,000 uh, firecrackers, huh? Well, no, uh, not that many. Really? It's, it's, a, it's a light thing. I, I, really, I brought it out to uh, set it off. No, you're not going to be setting these off in here, would you? Well, yeah. No, no, I, we'll just maybe I later. i the same thing. Maybe Why, later at the could... buffet upstairs, we'll... 
We'll, we'll set those off. Don't put it back over here. No, no, you get it. <laughs> you get it close to that cigarette. I knew uh, that would happen. I say, don't worry, let's go out there and put it down in front of him. Uh, we'll uh, tell right. me about your, your your correspondence with the American Express Company. About what did you have in mind for those folks? I got offended, frankly, that uh, an American Express was offering the uh, the gold card uh, to the rebel. Uh, and what I, what I considered a fairly uh, a loose-minded sort of greedy kind of way. And do you have a gold card? No, I don't. See, that's what I mean. It's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's being offered in a way I consider degraded the gold card. Do you, do you have one? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now what, is that, what is that supposed to represent? If you uh, have one of those, what does that mean? It tells me that I can go anywhere I want and get money. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I can, well, there are limits to this. Uh -huh. And there are certain dark aspects of that, uh, that contract. But basically, if I, uh, like, I, I, I've left uh, red Chrysler convertibles all over Palm Beach and hotels and beach houses, I can just, you know, it's like you know, the card. That's uh, right. I, I, I had it, I didn't even have to register in a hotel. Just wave the card they, and you're they, in. They call me doctor. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they call you whatever you want, really, with yeah. uh, the gold card. But I didn't feel it should be offered uh, to, uh, to the masses. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Palm Beach. See, I've been trying to look, I've been uh, educating myself to think like the Palm Beach life. Uh -huh. And uh, I've come to some, some surprising life stances in this. I've uh, taken a drive me up and down the beach in a red Chrysler convertible with lesbians at night. And uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, like naked people and uh, drugs. Uh, this is the power of the gold that's card. What, huh? That's what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought that I, uh, Palm Beach, I mean, uh, the American Express image well, it was kind of sullied by the idea that anyone could uh, wander around like this, uh -huh. and rent convertibles, yeah. buy lesbians, all that trumpets with a gold card. <laughs> so uh, I wrote them a letter saying that, look, I think I have a better idea. And uh, you know, what that is, is if I should do your ads from now on for the gold cards, uh -huh. not the green cards, yeah. I don't want any part of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it down in a very uh, forceful and I think persuasive style. And it was uh, rejected. Hmm. By the swine that I wrote it to, his name was Johnson. Well, no, no. There's a place called the Grog Shop somewhere. It, somewhere. it would be an effective campaign, I think. You for, for the American Pervert. Express card, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what we, uh, yeah. That's but that's that's. I'm sure you have people here who can work on that. Yeah. Oh, sure. We do. We have a full staff of folks yeah. who are looking to get you commercial work. That's all they do. Night they come in the morning. I really work in the courthouses and stuff. Yeah. I'm a reporter. Yeah. Let me uh, now. Speaking of reporters, is it true that you one time were a, a bowling reporter for a Puerto Rican newspaper? Oh, that's a low blow. Uh, yeah. No, all the things I've done to bring that. Oh, is that man. the truth, though? It is true. Yeah. Uh, how does I, how does one get that position? Well, I was writing a novel uh, at the time about San Juan, and I decided that uh, no, actually re reverse it. I went to San Juan and decided to write a novel about it. And uh, what I wanted to do was work on this uh, uh, new English language paper, the San Juan Star. And uh, I presented my credentials and got immediately just horribly rejected. All my several friends of mine were hired. So I wrote the editor a letter saying, uh, you're a, a swine, a fool, and a, uh, and a doomed man. Pretty much the same letter you wrote to the American Express guy, huh? No, this was, it was worse. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to find somebody to come in here and get you for this. And lo and behold, in the, uh, like in, way back in the personals, they had uh, you know, columns of the New York Times on a Sunday 
was a like a three-line ad that said, uh, uh, "Famous international Puerto Rican sports magazine seeks a uh, uh, chic editor," you know, something like that. And I thought, "Well, I'll call that." And it was some uh, swine, really. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> who was starting a uh, what do you call the the Sports Illustrated of the Caribbean? Mm -hmm. It sounded real good. And plus, it gave me a I'm into vengeance. I like to yeah. I like to settle these scores uh, to the best of my ability. <laughs> when you live this this life, yeah, you want to settle the scores. Yeah, people will get sloppy otherwise. So I went down there uh, to work in this magazine, which I really thought was going to be a slick sports magazine. It turned out to be a bowling sheet, a horrible thing, where uh, I had to hang around bowling alleys at night. <laughs> and report the scores of the you know, like the federal league, yeah, and the, yeah. you know uh, Harold's uh, real estate sales and uh, Hernandez uh, construction. How long did you? Was that fun for you? No, I sued the man. Sued and, him. Uh, good, yeah. good. As long as you got the vengeance. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, it's still going on. Listen, I uh, uh, I want to ask you if you can come back and see us again. Uh, I'm sorry that we're running short on time. I'd like to continue this discussion. And it's no, been a, I, I don't think I. You don't think you'd be no, back? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Well, that saves us making phone calls tomorrow. Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Hunter. It's a pleasure meeting Dr. Hunter Thompson. We'll be right back with Marjorie Gross. Working. I like to play I with like fire. I like to play with fire, too. Everyone likes to play Everyone with fire. Everyone likes to touch the fire around my penis. Yes, I wish that. Yes, I want it. This, uh.